Hey, what's going on, Clipper Nation? It's me, William the Opinion Update. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. We are Locked On Clippers. Hell yeah. Part of the Locked On NBA Network. Hell We're coming yeah. at you three days a week. Hell yes. Can't wait till it's five again. I I mean, I'm excited to ramp. <laughs> I'm as excited to ramp things up as I'm ever excited to oh, ramp anything sure. up. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know times the times being what they are what are you gonna do this is what we can bring to you. what are you gonna do <laughs> uh but you know we got a heck of a show lined up for you today we're gonna kick things off with if, if you've listened to the show before i feel like we we've talked about this a, a fair amount but it, it definitely merited its own sort of couple of segments its own episode really it's the best bounce back of the year for the clippers which i think we're gonna talk about why they bounce back it was you know what it was it was the double header it was, this was the double nooner. The double nooner, it's so charged with pre and post the splitting this thing activity. Like, it was a kind of watershed moment in terms of the locker room, weirdly. Definitely, definitely. It intersects with our current, one of our current starters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it reignited sort of the the mentality or, or the mindset that, that has kind of defined this team for the past couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, so there, there's a lot of positive to there. That came out of it. Not a lot of positive from these two games. Not, no, not down. at all. Uh, but we will be talking about those. We're, of course, talking about the back-to-back noon games in January to the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the following day, the back-to-back against the New York Knicks. So stay tuned for that. Uh, in, the second, in the second segment, as we kind of alluded to, we're going to be talking about the aftermath and, and sort of how that, why we think that this was such a, a watershed moment for this season and yeah. for this franchise. Uh, and then we're going to be wrapping things up with a classic love, Mary Quarantine. And a legal update. And a fun legal update. F- well, not so fun for Kawhi. Not so fun for Kawhi. Some stuff to talk about with hey, that. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's, he's got New Balance. Yeah, he's good. You know, hey, you it's know. all good. All right, so all <laughs> that and more coming up right about now. So... In early January, the Clippers had what was, and if anyone has any other thoughts on how you felt going into this weekend, I would love to hear them. Yes. An unassuming back-to-back. Yeah. Perhaps a one trap game here and there. Yeah. On uh, January 4th and 5th between the Grizzlies and the Knicks, who at the time were both horrendous. Yes. The Grizzlies were like 13 and 22. The Nets were like 10 and 25. Yeah. Who pooped the bed, part one and two. Yeah. Who pooped the bed? <laughs> uh, both of these teams before they played us. But this became one of the most pivotal weekends for the Clippers. There was a possible Paul George rushback from a hamstring situation. Yeah. There was maybe a, an overreaction to a. Uh, a, a situation or a, a game just a mere day earlier. There was some Trez sound bites that had merit. I agree with everything that he said in these sound bites that we're going to break down. Yeah. But it kicked off kind of the whole team chemistry, Clippers versus the press mentality that kind of shaped the whole locker room until the stoppage. Until the stoppage, well, until that win streak too. Well, until yeah, um, until things were going more consistently better. Definitely, definitely. They opened up a little bit more, but like I kind of talk about, it as like this was like a manufactured chip on the shoulder, the press stuff specifically. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll which get, we'll talk about. We'll get into that more in the aftermath, but just leading up to this, I mean, Clippers were doing fine. Yeah, like it was. It was like. We, we had played well before, and then it just kind of felt like things were thrown into, like, oh, you know. It felt like punching the clock. For sure. 
And not in the good way. No. In the Boylan way. Yeah. It felt punch- like when Boylan when Boylan Co. gives you the, the punch card and you're like, shit. Um, but yeah, so like the first part of December, we rattled off four wins. Yeah. So we're going, we're going to, we're going to kind of encompass this whole like, I guess month and a half, two months. Back. Totally. First part of December, we rattle off four wins before we lose to the Bulls. Yeah. And we're <laughs> playing 500 ball. Like firmly, like literally win, loss, win, loss. Yeah. I think we get two wins in a row right before this back to back. Yeah. Or something weird, but like, yeah, so we get the win on Christmas Day. Which I was very nervous about. We needed it. Yeah. For sure. We get the win on Christmas Day, but after that, we lose to the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Jazz. And like, we beat teams that we're supposed to beat. Yes. Like, there's no, no, you know, it it felt like you said, punching the clock, kind of going through the motions. Working nine to five. Here's a key moment in this whole weekend. What do you got? Paul George... Plays 40 minutes and an 18-point win over Sacramento on New Year's Eve 2019. Yes. Uh, Kawhi was not in this game. No. It was a back-to-back. I don't mean that in a weird way. He just wasn't. Yeah. Um, the next game, on January 2nd, the NBA was also effing us with the schedule at this point. We played on the 31st, the 2nd, and then a back-to-back on the 4th and the 5th. Yeah. That's crazy. Um. He only plays 15 minutes in a win over Detroit due to hamstring injury. Yeah. He would then be officially ruled out for the game against Memphis on January 4th. But who cares? It's just Memphis, right? Are we? I mean, so we thought. You feel me? Uh, so this one, I mean, where to start? We'll start with just the score. Uh, we got blown out by 26 in this one. Uh, 140 yeah. to 114. Uh, this was a noon game, which are always kind of funky for the Clippers. Doc is worried about people getting their lunch. Getting their lunch. I almost lost my lunch in this game, if you know what I'm talking And this about. is a game where, like, all right, so Paul George is hurt. Yep. But this one, like... We got we, Kawhi. I mean, you know. We had everyone else. We revisited this game before recording this podcast. Definitely. This thing fucking sucked. Yes. Like, I mean, four out of five Memphis starters had 20-plus. Jay Crowder, six of 11 from three. I will say, though, they're... There was no Bev. Okay, no Bev is big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Derek Walton Jr., who I love. We had to start Derek Walton Jr., for he sure. He got the start. But still, it's a game where, like, maybe... Because we talked about this, because, like, as a trap game, I'm fine with this being a trap game. Yeah, we... I think most fans were like, whatever, we lose this game, no Bev. No, Paul We Paul lose this game by hurt. six points, it's a little different. We lose this game by ten points, it's a little different. Like, maybe we, even 15. We lost by 26. I mean, we gave up 40 points, which would ignite a trend over this weekend. Uh, yeah. In, in the which first we quarter. gave up, yeah, 40 in the first and two back-to-back games. Uh, Memphis sets a record for taking and making threes. Hey. You never like to be on the other end of that. I think we're on the other end of that for the Kings, too. Um... But, like, so Trez had 28 and 9. Mm-hmm. Lou and Kawhi each had 24. Shamit, the only other player in double digits, he had 10, also went 1 of 7 from 3. Yeah, so 4 of 13 overall. So truly just, like, yeah. horrific all around. Dude, we watched this game. No one's communicating. We were at this game. No one's communicating. Defensively, defensively, there was no communication whatsoever. I I don't know. And it was kind of close. Yeah, like ish for the clip for the for the personnel the Clippers has. Oh yeah, I mean totally. We we were definitely you know like we were within a striking 
distance. We were within 13. So with two minutes left in the third, we're down 13, which like sucks ass or whatever. Yeah. By the time the fourth starts, we're just down 20. Yeah. Like it just, the, the wind was out of the sails so quickly. This just, like people are, this was when morons were booing the Clippers. Well, here's the thing. Which you got, that's absurd. That's absurd. And I, and I don't agree with that, but like the on-court product and the on-court effort. Uh, Horrific. It was not I'm not going to say it wasn't It horrific. was not good. And re-watching that game, it's so lackadaisical. Yeah. It's so lackadaisical. I was playing grab ass out the there. The only people who were trying to win that game, it felt like, was... Trez, Lou, and Kawhi. Yeah. And then we get the Trez, and then after this game, we get the Trez. Tomer was the only person there, which clutch as hell for him. Shout out Tomer, shout out Clutch Points. I mean, we... you know who else was, who was definitely there. Everybody's huh. always biting their shit. Huh. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, then we get these Trez sound bites. We got, we're not a great team. If you come in and no matter what time the game is, no matter what's going on, you're just thinking you're going to walk on the floor and beat another professional NBA basketball team, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. If you're just going to, it's not, it's just not going to happen. Either we wake up and figure it out now, or we're just going to have a full up and down season for the whole year. He added, I'm going to come in and do that day in and day out, but I expect my team, we're grown men in here. To see that this is not the team that we want to be, you know? Play one way and play great against the teams that we feel are great, and then we walk in and just show up the teams that we think we're supposed to beat. Simple as that. He said he was embarrassed by the booing. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, like... Everything he said, like, the frustration made total sense. This was a shellacking. Yeah. And this was a shellacking in the way that we were fine with it being a shellacking, which is what made me upset with the loss. Yeah, like, being complacent in it, and, like... I could only drink so many Modellos and be like, it's only a loss in January. But I was like, we looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, we looked awful. And like, this was like a full on, I, I mean, like, I, I think that it sucks that the fan base was booing because they were not really in the game. Oh, no, that was, the booing like, is inexcusable. Like we went through and, and I, I talk about this because this is a, you know, this is a fan podcast. Like it's not just about yeah. the game. Like. There was an energy that everyone brought early on in the season, and then we went through a rough patch, and it felt like the fan base was kind of checked out, For too. Sure. It got a little spotty, I agree. And then, after all of this, the team has to play at 1230 the next day. Hi-yo! So, remember that thing about Paul George's hamstring? I only played 15 minutes. In the what hamstring? In the win over New York, magically, after a horrific loss to the Grizzlies and one teammate calling out the rest of the team, Paul George Hammy was back, and he was good to go versus the Knicks without Kawhi. This was the game without Kawhi. He um, got them hams, you know? Paul George put the stars on his back. Yes. Which sucked ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, it sucked at. No other starter helped him out. Paul George had 32. All the other starters combined for 18. <laughs> Trez had 32. Lou has 32 and 9. Jermichael has a double-double. Like, this should have been... Marcus Morris goes off. Because, yeah. of course, he goes off. In the oh, yeah. The audition. 13 of 19. 6 of 7 from deep. R.J. Barrett has the, I was going to say, R.J. Barrett's the more embarrassing one. Like... He, he shot 64% from the floor. 7 of 11. Uh, I do realize that part of that is, like, guys not really fully picking him up. And he did get like, a couple of It was a three-point game. Yeah. Like... Yeah. We needed, like, dude, we were down another 40-point first. Yeah. Like, we were down. It was 76 to 69 at half. There was no defense in this game. We were up, thankfully. But, like, we almost blew a 20-point lead. Yeah. Like, we needed a Lou Dagger. Like, Lou gets fouled. It was just, 
Before we go into this break, Lou Williams, you... this is one of his most efficient goddamn games. He needed too. it. He... And we needed it, which is what was so frustrating for people, I think. He was 6 of 10 from 3, uh, 50% from the floor, 9 of 18 shooting overall, uh, a perfect 8 of 8 from the line. He was perfect. Phenomenal. Before we head into this uh, Postmates read and then a break, how did you feel after this win? Like crap. <laughs> I felt like garbage, man. <laughs> this sucked. That was a big old dump truck. Dude, this sucked. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think I was, I think I was just happy it was the second night of a back-to-back because we got the day off the next day. Like the team got the day off the next day. We didn't. Well, I mean, we our days <laughs> off for a while. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, I felt like crap too. Like this was just this was trash. But so this was two games that shaped the rest of the season, definitely, and would go to shape the rest of the season. We're gonna talk. Oh about- yeah, Paul George. Also, before we go into the post yeah. we have to say Paul George did not play in the fourth, and this would be the last time we would see Paul George uh, for an, another what eleven or twelve game stretch. Ten and a half. Uh- <laughs> Uh, But coming up after this, we're going to be talking the aftermath and how the Clippers were able to bounce back and shape the rest of their season. But first, Will, do you like pizza? I do. But you know what I love even more is delivery. And Postmates... Oh, delivery pizza is way better than, you know, take and bake. Get take and bake out of here. Get take and bake out of here. The technology exists. Well... You can bake it yourself. Unless you're counting Tony's or Red Baron is take and bake. I'm not. I'm talking about... Pop. You're talking about Papa Murphy's? About, they know who I'm... The person I'm talking about knows who the hell I'm talking about. But anyways... You've been scamming rural communities for too long, Papa Murphy. <laughs> uh, but it, you know what? Postmates can deliver you even more than pizza or burgers or even sushi. They can make your life easier with grocery delivery, like, say, a Red Baron pizza. Mm, uh, pizza. They can just deliver whatever you can think of delivery to. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late-night fast food runs. Uh, Postmates has you covered. You don't even have to worry about where you're going to grab lunch. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay. Welcome to the Aftermath. Of the double nooner. Of the double nooner, as it will be known, I think, in Clippers lore for diehard fans, for sure. <laughs> um, so after Paul George does not play the uh, majority, if not the whole fourth, against the Knicks, yeah, he misses the next 10 games due to the same hamstring being hurt as the one before the Knicks game. Yeah. We absolutely, they absolutely had to have rushed him to bring him back, right? So, I think they... Or not rushed. I don't mean they pressured him. You know what I'm saying. I don't mean to be critical of the training staff. I'm sure... I am in this scenario. I'm sure, though, for, let's say, at least three to five games leading up, as Paul George was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that's what players say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, I actually, like, I, I don't put this on the training staff or Trez... Um, and of course I can't necessarily like, I can't, I guess what I'm saying is I can't really pin this on any one person. Like, I don't think this is because of Trez's comments necessarily, but it didn't help. It's a coalescence of that. It's like the weird results before the back to back, like 
the unevenness. Yeah. And I think Trez's comments were kind of just like a god damn it, like a. Well, and the, I mean, like later we we heard the doc was not well, as we were, yeah, was like, not pleased. That's the other thing. So, so Paul George misses those ten games. Post the double nooner. Post the double nooner. Thankfully, we go seven and three. Uh, we rattle off a nice streak really there. Right at the ship, and that I do think was the could have been a comments. could have been a way bigger issue. Yes, if we if we don't go se- that stretch, that seven and three stretch is absolutely crucial for this team. But then we get into the scenario where everyone hates Jovan. Well, yes, so specifically, that- and I Jovan wrote a fantastic the art the Athletic came out with a piece yes on January twenty third about the Clippers team chemistry in the comments. Mm-hmm. Which makes total sense. Yeah, there were sources for this piece. Nothing in the piece is inflammatory. Nothing in the piece suggests that it's more than new coworkers figuring out the pieces. Yeah, like le- truly. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that is you like brought a- up the Doc Rivers thing though, which I think is maybe one of the more incendiary points. I think players latched onto. Oh, that Doc was not pleased with Trez's comments. I think they were maybe mad that came out in the press. Yeah, because yeah. that's inner locker room stuff. But there were sources for this piece, so like there were sources for this piece. It's weird. It's weird to me too. Like I, I could see. So it, I mean, if you haven't heard us talk about it on the show, like the the entire presence of the locker room towards the media. I mean, it was a one eighty, really, completely um, from like once this athletic piece came out and. You know, like things were a lot more caustic. Harder, I would say. Let's just say um, harder. <laughs> and, and, and and I guess I would understand, I would understand some of the players' frustrations if this came out on say January eighth, like a day or two <laughs> after it happened. But like, yeah. you know, this piece came out a couple weeks, effectively twenty days uh, for I, the most part. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. After uh, after this double nooner that we that we've been speaking. Okay, on the twenty third, and the last double nooner was on the fifth. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Like, uh, there was definitely enough causation for the article to be there. Yeah. Um. So if it, it and it's like one of those things too, where I think the way the piece was promoted is is really it has a lot. Oh, more the social to do media content um, person completely threw Yovan under the bus. It was horrible. It, essentially, you know, like they talked about it being like dysfunctional, like the Clippers rock, locker room being dysfunctional. That was the way the piece was promoted. Um, and the response from players was naturally very defensive. Yeah, they read the headlines. Uh, they read the headlines. I, I, you know, um, I don't know their business. I would say that it, I... They took personal offense to it. Pat Bev literally told all the media members that we could have stopped this. Yeah. And it was like, dude, well, I'm not... What? Like... <laughs> But so I'm the, just imagining Yovan like about to press publish, and you're like, no, and I'm, like we're like we're all dive dive yeah. bombing his hand. Someone's got like a yeah, like someone's like trying to snipe out the typewriter that he's using because I assume he uses a typewriter. Uh, shout out Yovan, I hope he's having a fantastic break. Um, but so like, was this reaction, which was absurd? Yeah, there was the Paul George Instagram story where they're like playing, they're bowling, and they're talking about team chemistry issues, and like this was also near All Star break. When Paul, when uh, Pat Bev walks by the, uh, the meeting, he tells this bullshit. The Clippers only have one All Star. Oh yeah. So yeah, like yeah. that's kind of fueled in this too. But the Clippers now are a team, kind of like Lob City type stuff, that I think operates better when there's a manufactured, specifically manufactured, uh. chip on their shoulder. Totally. 
Totally. We go 13 and 4 before the coronavirus robbed us for the rest of the regular season. Like, they fed off of this in a good way. Yeah. Which kind of, like, sucks. Definitely. But, like, that weekend coalesced into one of the, like, the, it was the most, like, cataclysmic doubleheader we've had. Even the, even the Lakers, like, none of the Lakers games have any fallout compared to this weekend. Agreed. None of the Celtic, none of those Rockets games, like, none of the close games we have Agreed. have as much importance in terms of chemistry and everything compared to this weekend. Yeah. Which is, like, just so weird to think about, because going into it, it was just like, this is a boring matinee. Yeah. Like, I mean, we thought it would be business as usual. We thought it would be kind of, you know, we punch, thought we might even punch just, in the clock basketball. And maybe we would split. Yeah. Maybe we would go one and one. I, I mean, I thought over two noon games, it, it would be totally possible to go 500 over But that. then it was like, the way we went 500 was... Just, but, like, the team bounced back. It was their best bounce back. Yes. Be it manufactured, but they needed it. Yeah. Like, man. Oof. I miss... I would kill for an awkward Pat Bev... Uh, interaction? Interaction right now. <laughs> I would kill for that. Um, should, we, should we head into this Love, Mary Quarantine? Yeah, let's do it. Coming up after this, we have a classic Love, Mary Quarantine and some legal updates. All right. So, with, uh, you know, the board games going on, it seems like a lot of players are, over there, yeah. are big Monopoly fans. Uh, a lot of time, so it truly is a perfect game for quarantine. Yeah. So, what other board games do we think could be fun with the Clippers during quarantine? Yeah, Pat Bev uh, crushes friends. We have, this is a good one, you have Mousetrap with Avica Zubat. Yeah, so my if you've ever played the game Mousetrap, it's not really that much fun. It's not it's not I would it's barely a game. Yeah. It's yeah. more a diorama than a game. It is more a diorama than a game, but in my mind, Avisa Zubats really enjoys setting up the Rube Goldberg machine. He's just like, let me set it up. That that catches the mouse at the end. Uh, I've actually so, never played it. So really most of it is just him doing that. Is it more expensive because there's so many more pieces? No, I think all board games. Is that game, a dumb question? Every board game was 1995, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, back in the day. So yeah, Zoo just really likes the like the process of the whole thing. He's a fan of Rube Goldberg machines in general. But you could and s- catching mice. But you could say maybe another classic Zubat's not playing enough situation, if you will. Sure. Been sitting that all day. Um, sure. This one I got is a Life with Kawhi. You just play the game of life with Kawhi. Uh-huh. It's really slow. Everything just goes kind of normal. Yeah. But the best part is that at the end, he wins. He gets the best retirement option. And it's punctuated by Kawhi just going, ha ha, life is good. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just go about, then you just play again. Uh, Shoots and ladders with Marcus Morris. Loses his mind when he hits the ladder. Dude wants to shoot. Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) He is so upset. And you're in there. Wait, aren't the shoots the bad thing, though? And the ladders are the good thing? Yeah, sorry. He loses his mind. Wait, I don't know. I never played any board games. Ever? I've never played shoots and ladders or... So ladders, I mean, I think you're trying to get up higher. All right, so yeah, he loses mine when he shoots. Yeah. Yeah, great. All right, yeah. Uh, I knew I had an uncle who fell off a ladder, so I assumed when he hit the ladders, you fell down. (laughs) Yeah, no, Because you're falling off the ladder. Because you're not, you know, respecting OSHA, God bless. I'd also Uh, like to add uh, to the board Paul George and, and just playing Go Fish. And he is a noted angler, but also he seems like the kind of guy who you'd be like... Damn, man, you've won like the last four games. You're really good. And then he'd be like, 
I was cheating, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> he'd like, he'd like really. He sw- just cheat. He'd like nobody, but he'd be admitted. Like he would admit about it. I, I actually. It's like when your dad cheats. I kind of don't have problems with with someone cheating at a board game if they're at the end like you know I cheated. It's like I mean, you, guys, look. You sob. If anyone wants to win any you money, you smooth sob. Dude, you're the guy who gets hustled on the train. Who's like, oh, you had it under that no, cup no, the no, whole I'm time. I'm not talking about for money. I'm so, we're talking about board games right All here. Right, well, don't be an idiot. Board games for life. Um, <laughs> I would also like to point out in the shoots and ladders, uh, Markeith is also there. Yeah. So everyone's there, and he's not helping the situation. Yeah. So which you love marrying quarantine? Uh, I mean, I'm loving Mousetrap with Zoo. That seems like a fun time. Seems like a fun time. I. It seems like he has like a really old set. Like yeah, you go I to mean, his new house. It's probably also called something else. It's like a different version. He's got the Croatian version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So you're catching, I don't know, I don't know what you catch over there. I don't know what they call. Uh, yeah. Like there's probably mice. some other sorts of pests though, right? I probably mice. Mice are pretty ubiquitous. That's true. Mice are Mice pretty are pretty undefeated in the whole like we're everywhere. More so than rats? Yeah, they're cuter, so I think they get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm loving that one. I I don't know that it would be that fun, but I'm marrying life with Kawhi. Dude, so that was mine too. Like, it seems like I feel like life is something. only an okay game. It's an okay game. Kawhi has had himself a truly, you know, very intense life. Wild ride. Um, that's what he calls it. I don't think he calls that at all. <laughs> uh, he says just another day at the wild ride. But yeah, like I think yeah, I think he would have he'd be wearing like a fishing hat. Like I think it'd be like a fun vibe. Yeah, fishing hat like a bucket hat. Yes. <laughs> cool. A hundred percent. And I actually think, I think I'm going to quarantine the shoots and ladders thing. I'm quar- I apparently have no idea how the game works. I'm quarantining that as well. And I think I'd lose. Mainly because I feel like board games get very heated between the Morris brothers. I, I could be wrong, but no, I, it every to. game with my siblings has gotten pretty heated. Yeah. And only one of you was played center at, you know, Stanford or whatever. Oh, no, that was the Lopez. Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. Um, I get the twins mixed up. <laughs> um, and then one last thing in the shavings. Uh, Kawhi had a suit with Nike over his Kawhi logo. Yeah. Which you haven't seen it is a hand that spells, has K-L. I actually kind of liked it. It's great. But I think the New Balance stuff is actually better. But he lost. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Yeah. Because if you look at it, uh, Kawhi clearly did a turkey hand style rendering drawing of it. Yes. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm a judge... And a grown man who is the best basketball player on the planet yeah. is like, sir, I actually did do this drawing. And he produces not a well thought out, contracted, like, I LA design well firm. It's like funny thought out. I'm a judge in this scenario. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> do you wear a wig? Yes. Uh, and instead he produces a... What I can only imagine is the same texture as the kind of paper you can draw on at Italian restaurants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kawhi is holding that piece of paper, and it's his hand, turkey-style drawing of the KL. You have to have that man win the suit. Yeah. He put his whole reputation on the line. I agree. Uh, Give I him think, the logo. I guess somewhat inconsequential, just in that, I I mean, like, the I think... It's the, the principle of the issue. What does Nike need it for? That's true. They're not going to sell mean, shit. It wasn't going to come to New Balance. And I, I kind of see him sticking with New Balance for a while. I really like that collaboration. I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it, no, it, 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 like, it looks sure. really good. Uh, but yeah, still a bummer. And also, 
F you Nike. F you big business. F you Nike. Yeah, F you big business. Anyway, love you, Bomber. Um, <laughs> love you, Bomber. Love you, New Balance. Thank you so much for hanging out on the Slotline Clippers. Let us know if you cared about this Clippers weekend as much as we did. Uh, yeah, let us know. I, mean, I will never stop talking about this weekend. Do you think that there's possibly a worse loss? Uh, that, that, like, or a yeah, more, let us know. Or a more sort of shifting or shaping yeah, kind of yeah. loss uh, in the season. Let us know. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review if you have the time. I think you do. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Pods, Deezer. Deezer. Um, Shout out Deezer. I think that's, I mean, I think that's you got anything else? Uh, Monday's episode, we're going to be kicking off kind of the best moments in Franchise History Week. I don't know, we've already talked about all of them, so yeah. maybe we'll think of something different. Uh, they're all pretty recent. Of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, plus the freshies, thank you so much for listening. I will keep trying to be positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am and will be William the Opinion Updike. Appreciate you.